Welcome to the Narrator Roundtable. I'm Kurt Graves. In the coming weeks, our audience will learn a lot about the Narrator Roundtable's five rotating permanent hosts. But before we dive into the important, thought-provoking, and potentially contentious hot topics that we thought deserved our attention, let's get to know each of our hosts a little better. Joining me today is my co-host, Lindsay Dorcas. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Kurt. Welcome to your interview for our podcast. <laughs> so excited. Um, Can't wait. I was lucky enough to meet Lindsay at the 2019 APAC in New York City at the Javits Center, first thing in the morning at the newbie meet and greet. And honestly, I think it's probably the best thing I got out of APAC. That's very flattering. Thank you, Kurt. <laughs> well, you know, having a friend who was in the same place at the same time, uh, career-wise, and like learning, somebody to learn beside and somebody to complain beside and somebody to go to uh, for advice who I knew wasn't going to judge me and wasn't going to, you know, turn their nose up at me if I asked a silly question. Like, that has been so valuable. Uh, and also, I just, you're delightful. So that has been so much fun in the many times we have gotten to talk since then and the few times we've actually gotten to hang out in person since then as well. Yeah, thank you. You're one of my favorite things from APAC 2019 too. I should have said really that right up front. Like, like, go APA for actually doing something nice for us. Because <laughs> <laughs> putting us in the same place at the same time really did, like that was good. That newbie meet and greet, if anybody's out there thinking, should I do that? I say yes. Oh my God. Well, I mean, meeting other narrators in person or virtually, if if that's the better option for you, but like connecting with other narrators is so valuable for a myriad of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So just to introduce yourself to our audience a little bit, can you tell me more about where you're from and how you got into this work? Sure. Um, I grew up in New Hampshire, so I lived out in New England all my life. <laughs> which is not that exciting, but uh, that's where I grew up. And then um, I came out to the Chicago area for college, and I studied theater um, at Northwestern up in Evanston, which I don't count as Chicago. It's it's a suburb. Listen, um, it's a touchy subject for people. <laughs> I know. The, chi the Chicago land borders get wider and broader every year. Right. Um, but I loved it. I'm a total nerd. And I got to nerd out about theater and storytelling and all those things there. And it was fantastic. Um, and then after I graduated, I moved to Chicago and I was doing uh, theater work here. I was like live theater for the most part. I did a little bit of like films, you know, student film stuff, but I was very theater focused. I really liked immersive theater and like fourth wall breaking theater and like theater for young audiences and all the, all the weird stuff <laughs> I tended to get into. <laughs> Um, and so then I, uh, did, I was doing that for like 10 years and then also working a million other jobs because obviously doing non-equity theater in Chicago is not going to pay your rent on its own. The um, weird so, stuff is rarely commercially successful. Know, right? uh, <laughs> why, why wasn't, why wasn't my dream to like be on a CW show, which I mean, which <laughs> right? was the thing for in the 2010s for people my age yeah. who were acting. And I was like, I need to do weird stuff in a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> um, so that was my <laughs> great economic plan. Um, but I loved it. I did, I did lots of weird plays in warehouses and like basements and also theaters, also actual theaters. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, worked a bunch of jobs. I worked retail. I nannied. I taught a bunch of things. 
I used to be a circus performer for a short amount of time and I taught circus like aerials to people. Um, so I was doing like 5 million things and running myself ragged. And then in like, I want to say like 2016, 2017, something like that. Um, maybe it was even a little bit earlier. I started listening to fiction podcasts. Someone recommended Welcome to Night Vale to me. And I started listening to that show and I was like, this is amazing. I remember specifically like walking or walking along the Chicago River and getting to the end of the first episode where they talk about like the lights above the Arby's. And I was just seeing it in my mind. And I was like, this is this is a brand of storytelling that I've never really considered before. Because mm. unlike a lot of audiobook narrators, I was not somebody who's like, I listened to audiobooks as a child. Um, my grandmother had like fun like children's story records that we would play and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, so like sure. I'd heard people tell stories, but I wasn't a big audiobook person. I was a big book person. Um but listening to Welcome to Night Vale, like, because I'd heard, and I'd also heard like nonfiction podcasts, like interview podcasts and This American Life and stuff like that before. But listening to this fiction podcast, I was like, oh, this is incredible. And then I listened to Alice Isn't Dead, um, which is also by the same people and stars Jessica Nicole as um, this trucker looking for her missing wife. And listening to that, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to tell stories like this. I want to talk right into people's ears. I want to be with them on their commutes and on their walks and on their whatevers. Um, and that's when I then started like, oh, well, audiobooks is like the big way people do that. And I started like listening to more audiobooks and researching that and like looking into what that takes. Um, yeah. And so then I just started researching uh, classes and stuff, both in my area and virtual that I could take. And being like, how do I take all these many, many years and expensive school <laughs> that has drained me to be a stage actor? And how do I take those skills and like move them into this new medium? Um, yeah. And that's that's how I got started. That's a very long story of how I got started. It's not really. Actually, it makes a <laughs> it has several set steps that make perfect sense to me. Uh, circus performer to audiobook narrator is like. I mean, the pipeline. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that, (laughs) I would have five cents. Uh, But no, honestly, it's this is part of why it's so fun to meet other narrators because hearing other people talk about the work we do and what they like about it uh, is often the thing that reminds me what I like about it. And so, like, even just listening to you talk about like how much Night Vale grabbed your attention, I'm like, that's right that's the power of storytelling and the power of audio storytelling. And like, that is why I like this so much. And even on days like today, and I know tomorrow where like, I have so much to get done and it can feel so draining. Like that's going to be an extra little boost for me now because like, I'm going to be reminded that like, yes, this is so much fun. And there's somebody on the other end who might be walking by the Chicago river, listening to this story and loving it and falling in love with storytelling. So. This is, yeah, this is part of why we're doing this podcast, but also just why it's so important to spend time with other narrators, talk to other narrators, because like that fire, it's not always kindled for me, at least. And yeah, other narrators I mean, can, help to kindle it. It can be tough when you're alone in your booth for hours and you're talking to somebody, but you can't see them or hear them. And they're going to mm-hmm. hear the thing that you're doing like months from now or years from now, like depending yeah. on when they listen to it. And that's magical in its own way, right? Like I'm telling the story across time and space, but also like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but also, I like it. but also like, there's nobody 
in the room with me, which was the toughest. That was the toughest adjustment for me from theater was like that loss of immediate and in-person collaboration and immediate audience feedback. Like I miss being able to look people in the eyes when I'm telling a story. Um, But then I just have to imagine that they're here in my booth with me and be like, you're going to get it later. It's coming. It's coming to your little ears. So one of the things we bonded over was our love of telling queer stories. Um, So I know that that is an element that you love to narrate. But like, what are the other genres or stories that you're really attracted to? Yeah, I love I have a pretty broad swath of things that I really like to um, narrate, especially. One thing that really surprised me is I really enjoy narrating horror, at least certain types of horror. I mean, I still have stuff that's kind of it's it's all it's all it's each story is its own thing. But mm-hmm. I'm such a baby about watching or consuming horror on my own. I can do it in certain mediums and in small doses, but like, but getting to tell the stories, getting to be in the driver's seat is mm-hmm. so fun. Um, because I like playing with tension and timing. I really like unlikable characters. I like murky, gray, morally gray characters. Um, and I like circumstances that are not like always clear. Like there's not always a good, clear, good choice, which yeah. feels so relatable um, in our daily human lives. So, and and the feeling of something being like, stra- that tension of something feeling strange or off um, is so fun to play with. And I think it's especially fun in like an audio space. Because it can be such an immersive um, uh, a medium. Yeah. But uh, I also like, I mean, but I also like love a good rom-com, like with like really great snappy banter. Um, I love stories that play with form. So like I would fucking kill to do a story that's written in the second person. Um, because those mm-hmm. are some of my favorite fiction podcasts where it's like sure. I become the character you're talking to. Um, I just listened to the latest uh, series from the latest season from Within the Wires, which is another Night Vale branded podcast that I love. Um, and like the name of the character is introduced in like the second episode. They keep calling you Brian. And I'm like, I'm Brian. You're talking to me. It's me, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would love to do a book written in second person and being like, you, 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 what do you think about? Like, I'm telling this to you mm. um, and cast the audience as another character that I get to talk to. Um, but, uh, yeah. And so all of, and, and I love short stories. Um, I love that, like that compact format and the writing is usually like, so, so great and like so dense and tasty and like, you have to be so economical, but like, so you know, it's just, there's something about them that, um, every time I get asked to work on a short story collection, I'm like, Ooh, what little Ooh, like yeah. treat will I have this time? Um, yeah, agreed. Yeah. That is fun. Plus, it and feels go, so productive. <laughs> you also, yes, you're like, I did the whole thing in like a I day. Did the whole thing. Amazing. 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 Um, uh, and I yeah. will shout out to your horror work because I have listened to a good chunk of one of your books that you did that's horror. Um, and leg- I had to stop because I am not a horror person. <laughs> and by the time they were like going into the woods for the third time, I was like, no. Stop it. <laughs> Why haven't you learned to stop going into the woods? <laughs> Nothing good has happened yet. Get out of stop there. Stop it. <laughs> I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) I'm a wimp. But I I have had very limited exposure to like horror as a narrator, but I agree. It is fun when you're in charge. Mm, Yes. But I'm still a wimp consuming it. 
Yeah. That's me. It me. Oh, listen, so. me too. I also like consume very sparingly. No. Um, in that genre because like, yeah. Because if I don't know where it's going and I like, but that's also why I like horror like Alice isn't dead where like, I don't know, like there's that tension and there's that thrill and there's this element of like something is weird, something mm-hmm. is strange, but it's not quite as like in your face gore in terms of like what I consume that like the higher gore stuff. I'm like, I don't, right. I don't know if that, that, that can't surprise me. I got to know it's coming, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to move on to our one big question for you. Yeah. Um, so part of our job as narrators really is that we are constantly being asked to sell ourselves and to like extol our best virtues as narrators. Um, I am more interested in like, what are the things about either your, your life or like who you are as a person that make narrating hard for you? And, like, how have you addressed that and how have you overcome those personal obstacles? Yeah. Well, one thing that we sort of alluded to earlier is I struggle a bit with the isolation. And while there is, like, collaboration as part of this, like, right, you're remote, you're through distance and time, you are working with a proofer, with an engineer, with a producer. Like, you are not the only person in this process. There is a whole team working to bring this audiobook to life. but. Your interaction with them for the most part, especially if you're in a home studio, is like through email um, Mm -hmm. and through like sort of sending each other little messages and communicating that way, which is fine. But like I do sometimes get a little stir crazy and like, like you said, have to sort of relight that creative spark for myself when I am working by myself. Yeah. Well, and I think there's also a difference between collaboration and cooperation. Mm. Like we're working with other people, sure. But, like, is it a really, like, creatively collaborative process? A lot of times still no, especially if you're just talking about, like, proofers, editors, that sort of thing. Like, they are doing their own creative job, but it's totally separate from us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and I just miss, like, getting that immediate. There's, I've gotten to work with an audiobook director just a handful of times, Um, But it's always been like really interesting and helpful to get that immediate feedback or to be able to like talk about a moment briefly together. You don't have a ton of time in the studio to really like dig in and let everything marinate. But like, it's so nice to have a real human in real time to be able to be like, oh, should I do it this way or that way? Or -hmm. like, oh, do you, what do you think she means by this? Or like, what is, you know, or if they feel, if they're seeing something that I'm not or vice versa, like that is really energizing. And I sort of have to like, provide that own energy for myself when I'm by myself. Um, And another part of that by myself that's tough is like all of the like small business owner aspects of this and like, and making my schedule and keeping to my schedule and staying on top of all those little tasks. And like, am I reaching out to people? Am I, you know, sort of like sending out the tendrils or planting the seeds for future work? that might come to me months down the line, am I also focused on this current work? And am I also like communicating with co-narrators and communicating with, you know, producers that I'm currently mm-hmm. working with? Um, and just that like sort of <laughs> get up and go and motivation to like get in the booth every day that I plan on being in the booth and be in there for a certain number of hours. As much as I love this work, it's still work. And I definitely have days when 
I don't, I don't want to, I want to, yeah. <laughs> I want to like, yeah. you know, I want to uh, go for a walk and live my life and not, you know, um, you know, or I, I'm anxious about like performing that day or whatever. Um, but the thing that makes this a job and not a hobby is that like on those days I have to go, well, you have to. And so you're going to, and so you're going to like do whatever you need to do to get yourself in that booth and just stay in that booth. And, you know, whether that's taking more breaks that day, whether that's stretching or trying a different vocal warm up or like listening to music that sort of puts me in a better mood. Like I have to employ these strategies to like make the thing happen. Um, yeah. I find I am still learning how to be better at that. How to Every just day. tell myself you have, but you have to do it. Like it, it took, and, and there were years where it was like, if I wasn't in like the zone or whatever, like if I didn't feel inspired or I didn't feel connected mm -hmm. to the text then I was like, well, that's a sign I'm not supposed to record today. But that was when I had the luxury of like not needing to record full-time right. hours in right. order to like Right. Make an income. Uh, and then at some point you transition to the point where it's like you need this to be an income and you you can no longer say, I'll just get back to it tomorrow. I'm just not feeling it, you know? Yeah. And that's I still I still like today was one of those days where I had to like stop, tell myself, no, you can't not do this. You mm -hmm. just have to keep going. And once I'm in it, I can usually find my way back to being connected to the text and yeah. find something to connect to or, or find humorous or uh, sad. Like I still cry in the booth, even on days where I'm like, I didn't think I was into it. And suddenly I'm like, so there with the character. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh wow. It is like riding a bike. You just have to get on the fucking bike. Getting on the fucking bike is the hardest part. Yeah. Some days it just is like getting in the booth, getting like sitting down, pressing record, <laughs> doing mm -hmm. the thing. And, you know, that's not to say, like, there are times when, you know, I will, like, say, okay, I'm I'm struggling today. I got to take an extra break or I need to, like, do something to refresh myself so I can give this more of my energy. Um, it's not just about, like, pushing through at any cost. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, you, it's true that there's, unless, you know, you schedule it well, and sometimes that can be hard to do, you can't really just be like, mm, not today. Right. Like, you know, like I'm just not in my, um, but it reminds me of like that story with, um, oh gosh, I went like, is it Sir Lawrence Olivier and the young actor who is in Mar is Marathon Man? Oh God, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. And he's not young anymore. Was it Robert De Niro or was it someone else? I don't, I don't know. It's terrible. Man at all. Um, but there was like a young actor who was like with Sir Lawrence Olivier in this movie and I guess the character wasn't supposed to sleep for days. And so this actor didn't sleep for days and was like struggling and was like, this is method. I'm like in it. I got to do it. And he was, and he said something like, oh, my dear boy, try acting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's so easy for me to get really precious about like, am I in like the exact zone that I need to like deliver the best performance? And sometimes it's just about like, what are the, what are the hard skills? What are the like techniques that I can employ? What are the, physical or mental things I can do to get the work done to the best of my ability today. Yeah. Um, that's not about just like being in like the zone. <laughs> right. But the problem is 
there are times when it just feels so easy, mm-hmm. whether it's because the writing is great or you're just like in the zone, whatever that means. You know, like there are times when like the work comes so easily and you feel so good about it. And I find I'm always chasing that feeling. And mm. that's the thing that I've had to reckon with over the last couple of years of being like, it's not always going to be easy, but you no. can always be good at it. Mm-hmm. Just sometimes you have to work to be good. And other times it's just going to come out of you. Yeah. And three hours in the booth will go by and you'll be like, wow, I got a lot done today. How did that happen? <laughs> love those days. I love yeah. those days. But they and then are other not days you're as like, how? numerous. And then other days you're like, how long have I been in here? 20 yeah. minutes? 20, yeah. God damn it. Like, you know, you're like, okay, here we <laughs> or go. Or it's been, it's been three hours and how much, how much finished audio do I have? Oh 20 gosh. minutes? Truly. What truly. happened? <laughs> What have I been doing? <laughs> I'm like, what happened to the me three days ago that was flying? That was yeah. just like soaring through this. It's it's because we're human beings. Yeah, and she doesn't live here right now. That's she's she's gone. <laughs> she is packed up and left the building, and I'm uh-huh. stuck here plodding on through. Yes, I know it well. <laughs> are there any other struggles that you wanted to talk about? Those are the just like keeping and just keeping track of everything, because uh, I mean I know people who are so organized who like are just brilliant at that who have planners and spreadsheets and systems and they like and are just like bang bang boom and they can like churn and they can you know turn it out over and over again beautiful quality beautiful consistency just like bam 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 respond to their emails immediately all the time. And I'm like, how, how, <laughs> um, I just, I feel like there are people who are very good at like that type A organization stuff. And it's a beautiful thing for people who are very good at it. I am not naturally, I am a chaos goblin. I just sort of <laughs> like roam around and do things by chance. And I'm like, this looks cool. This looks fun. Let's try that. Um, which works when I like, which works when I am like researching and in the booth because like researching, I'm just like digging into my little internet burrow and being like, ooh, what's this? Let's follow that thread. Let's figure this out. Ooh, there's a reference. Let me like watch a clip. Let me, you know. And so it's just like adding to my little goblin treasure hoard of like thoughts and ideas, which is fun. And same with like when I'm narrating, I'm in the booth, I'm with the text, I'm in that moment with the characters and I'm getting to like tell a story. So I'm just like having fun doing that. Um, But then when it's like, also, you need to track things and schedule things <laughs> yeah. and like and like keep up with all these different threads that are going on. Um, and there are always multiple threads. There's always multiple threads because, I mean, threads. I'm so grateful doing this full time, but it means that I'm always prepping multiple books. I'm always recording a book. I'm always like reaching out to try to get future books. Like there's always a million production to come through and then having to keep enough of your brain attached to that thing you did three weeks ago to be able to bring it back now. Right. I had four pickup packets today and I was like, they always land all at once. You just like a little, why is that? I don't know. They're all conspiring against us. They are. There is a Facebook (laughs) group out there somewhere where they're like, anybody have pickups for Lindsay Dorcas? Great. Let's all do it on the fourth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like I, I do have some systems. I have a giant whiteboard. Um, I like adapted my own version of what Marnie Penning does, or at least I saw her post a photo of once and I was like, that looks good. That looks Mm -hmm. visual. That looks like 
big blocks that I move around on a with my little goblin hands on a board. I can do that. <laughs> um, it, and I like physical things. Like I try so hard to have like a virtual calendar and stuff like that, but it just becomes, it's in the ether. It's in the web. It's in mm. the World Wide Web. I can't find it. <laughs> um, so I have like a big whiteboard with all my projects and like how long they're estimated to be and like what stage of production they're in. And I move the little pieces around um, to try to like keep up with that and have a visual, which helps. Um, Cause then I can look at that and be like, what needs tending to at which point in the process, who hasn't paid me yet? Who is sending me pickups? Who do I have to prep next? Like yeah. all that stuff. Um, but I will be the first to admit that like that does not come to me naturally. And I'm constantly trying to find like new ways that are like simple and visual and tactile to help me stay on top of stuff. I recently mm. heard another great one from uh, Hope Newhouse because we were talking about um, following up with publishers and stuff. And that's another thing I'm like, again, kind of gobliny about. I'm not like, oh, every eight weeks at this time, I do like, I have a, I know people who have like every so often, every quarter or whatever, they like send emails out to people on a schedule yeah. or every Friday they do it or every whatever. And it's like, so smart and they schedule emails in advance and like it's so smart so efficient probably better than what i'm doing i'm just like flopping through my life and then going oh i haven't talked to that person in a while i should send them an email um but hope recently talked about how she uses physical index cards to like keep track of who she hasn't reached out to and like when like write down when she last reached out to them and like keep physical notes on them and then she can sort of like shuffle you know like once they've reached out she can move it to the back of the stack and like keep Sort of going, and I was like, oh, because I've had a spreadsheet, a poor, neglected, sad little shivering orphan spreadsheet <laughs> in my Google Docs for years. Where, like, I try to keep up with the best of intentions, and I'm like, I last emailed this person on this day. And then mm. I forget about it, and I email them like three more times over the course of the year. And then I go back to my spreadsheet, and I'm like, this is all out of date. This is nothing. Yeah. That person doesn't even work there anymore. Like, <laughs> so. I wonder if for me having like something physical might help add bring some order to that chaos too. We'll see. It's worth a try, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> every strategy is worth a try. And that's so like it's so great that like narrators do that. Like Marnie and Hope who are putting their strategies out there and being like, This is what I do. It works for me. It might work for you. You if you want to try it. Yeah. And people like Jennifer Jill, I mean, if if you're somebody who's like, I need to talk to someone about organization. Jennifer Jillariah is like incredible. Next level. One of those people who I'm like, you are just, you have ascended. (laughs) (laughs) Like the realm. And also like a lovely and also a fantastic narrator. Like she's Mm -hmm. just also very good at the like organization stuff. Um, but uh yeah, I'm not, I'm not on that level (laughs) for that stuff. So if you're listening to this and you're independently wealthy and feel like being an, a narrator's personal assistant, uh, it's lindsaydorcas at gmail.com. Oh, my gosh. I've even thought is that, about... Is that right? I made that up. No, that's right. Okay. It's the benefit of having a weird name that nobody else has is I'm just like, it's just my name. Social Same. media, my yeah. email, it's just my name. Just go find me. Yeah. Thank Dorcas. you, parents, for Kurt with an I. Yeah. That really helped <laughs> <laughs> on so many fronts, email, social media, like, uh, yeah. there's not another one out there that I'm aware of. And he's certainly not doing this. So I've even thought about looking into, I mean, I don't have the money right now, but even thought about like looking into 
hiring a personal assistant person, but I'm like, I don't even know what I would give them. I don't even know yeah, that right? I would be organized enough to like give them tasks in an effective manner. That's just another person I have to communicate with. No, thank you. I yeah. have enough of those. I can't. Yeah. Very wise to know that though. Because some people have tried <laughs> to do that and didn't realize how much work it is to give someone else work. Are those people in the room with us right now, Kurt? They may be. <laughs> they might be in this in this chat. They're they are here. Great. They are me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing some of the parts of, of your journey uh, that aren't easy. Uh, I always think that's where the most interesting things can be learned about a person. But also, like we were just talking about, I am sure there are other people out there listening to this going, me too, me too. And it just feels good to know that I'm not alone in some of those struggles. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. And thank you for doing this podcast and for all of your uh, contributions and wisdom. You are always somebody who, like, when I am struggling with something, I reach out to because you always bring a valuable perspective that I hadn't thought of. Uh, and sometimes just like talking down from the ledge, which is also super necessary sometimes. So thank you. Man, anytime. And ditto. So thank you, listeners, for joining us for this introductory episode of the Narrator Roundtable. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere podcasts are available, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Audible. We have some incredible conversations about our industry and our craft that will be coming to you starting in January 2024. In the meantime, you can learn more about the podcast and find links to our social media at narratorroundtable.com. You can also submit your questions for our panel of hosts and guests. What's on your mind? We want to talk about it. The Narrator Roundtable is produced and hosted by Andre Santana, Deanna Anthony, Gail Shallon, Kurt Graves, and Lindsay Dorcas. All copywritten material is shared with permission. Music and sound effects are licensed through Storyblocks Audio. All opinions shared are those of the individuals and do not reflect the positions or policies of any company or organization with which they happen to be associated. <laughs>